Christmas memories. If I just gave you all a few minutes just to sit there and think and dwell and remember, I'm sure we'd all come up with a few Christmas memories, some of them that make us chuckle, some of them maybe even that draw a tear to our eyes, but all of them that just kind of warm our heart and start thinking about what's coming in just a few short weeks, the fact that we get to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Well, I'm just going to share a couple of mine Christmas memories real quick with you. They both actually are from the same Christmas. And it, was a, it wasn't the, the brightest of years for the Kale family. We, uh, I had just left my first ministry position without having another job. So we went four months or so. Uh, I was framing houses as a carpenter, and we had to move back in with my mother and father and uh, lived in the basement of their house in the mountains west of Denver. And... The first memory I have from that particular Christmas, I had come home from construction work one afternoon about 4.30, and usually no one was there because the boys would have been in school still, and uh, Judy was working also. So usually the only person at home when I got home during that time of the day was my mom. And uh, so I walked through the front door, and my parents' home was a custom kind of log home in the mountains and had very high vaulted ceilings in the entryway. And that's where they chose to put their Christmas tree, and because... The ceilings were so high, the Christmas tree was literally over 15 feet tall. It was huge, tall. So I walked in the door, and right in front of me is this beautifully decorated Christmas tree, leaning at about a 45-degree angle, with my mom holding the tree up. And she, I said, Mom, what's going on? She said, well, about two hours ago, I noticed a tree starting to tip over, so I grabbed it. And she'd been standing there for over two hours holding that tree. So over the next few minutes, we helped get it upright, and I adjusted the stand and everything, and not an ornament was harmed. My mom's arm was a little worn out, but uh, we had a good chuckle after that, the day that we almost lost the big Christmas tree. But also that year, um, as I said, it was kind of a tough time for my wife and I, and at that point, our our two sons. And we were basically living in a, a bedroom in the basement of my parents' house. The boys had a bed that they slept in. We had one for my wife and I. But it was very modest for us. And um, money was tight. And that year, Judy and I decided that we weren't going to give each other Christmas presents because money was tight. But we were going to buy one present each for each of our sons. And uh, I remember going out to the woods a couple days before Christmas. And you all have a picture of what a Charlie Brown Christmas tree looks like, right? Well, this was worse. And I cut it down myself, and it was like two and a half feet tall, had like three limbs. And we didn't even have any ornaments to put on it, but our sons made a star to put on the top of the Christmas tree. And we put the two presents underneath it, and on Christmas Eve, we gathered around that little tree and read the Christmas story together. The boys went to sleep, and the next morning, they woke us up. They were all excited, and we sat there for a couple of hours together, and they each opened their one present and started playing with their toy and And we just had an incredibly memorable time together, even though it was not as spectacular and lush with many gifts as we are guilty of doing these days. But, you know, one of those memories just gives you a laugh. One of them, maybe a different set of emotions, but I wouldn't trade either one of them for that that one Christmas in Evergreen, Colorado. We get a lot of joy from Christmas memories, don't we? You could think through and It may involve people that aren't with us anymore, people that you had wonderful times with and shared meals with, and 
were able to share gifts with and sing Christmas songs and attend services. And just the joy of Christmas that comes from those stirs up a lot of different emotions. Some Christmas memories inspire songs. And uh, the song that I chose this morning to have us listen to and take a look at is simply called The Christmas Song. It was written by Mel Torme and most famously performed by Nat King Cole. Now, over the last couple of weeks and months, Steve Shipstead has been very bold and attempted to sing from the pulpit. <laughs> I fear embarrassment much more than he does, so I'm going to play the song for a little bit. Feel free to join in. Even if you don't recognize the title, I'm sure that you'll recognize the first verse. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Some mistletoe help to make the season bright. It's awfully good to have a choir in the front row. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase it's from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for helping with that. Beautiful song. Just the iconic voice of Nat King Cole. I also found out as I was uh, preparing this week that uh, that happens to be the very famous or favorite Christmas song of our Michael Barber in the back. He let me know that. So as you listen to that, I'm sure even some Christmas memories of your own were stirred a little bit of times when you sang that. Maybe the times that you were in the car and it came on the radio and you're by yourself and you're just belting it out. No one could hear the wrong notes or anything else. It brings back such a, an imagery and memories. I want to offer a little bit of a contrast, though, to that song that really is built on memories and the experiences we've had in the past and things that we can uh, visualize and, and remember. And I want to read two passages of Scripture this morning that focus more with anticipation and looking forward than looking back. And it's the account of the Magi 
and the shepherds. They're a little lengthy, but just sit back and listen. First from Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is the prophet, this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out. From then the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. I love that word, overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And then in Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left him and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. All who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all these things they had heard and seen, which are just as they had been told. These passages were all about anticipation. Because both the Magi and the shepherds, this story that they had heard for generations and generations of a Messiah that was coming, of a Savior that was going to come and change everything. I'm sure they were excited to be there for Jesus' birth, but it meant so much more to them than just that iconic day. Prophecy was being fulfilled. The whole nation of Israel had been anticipating for generations. That day, the Savior arrived. Something they'd been anticipating and looking for. 300 years ago, Isaac Watts wrote a Christmas song about that day. And he wrote it almost completely from Psalm 98. 
And that song is entitled Joy to the World. I'd like to just read the, the words from that song for us this morning. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every part, every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, that Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Joy to the world, then we sing, let the earth receive her king. Joy to the world, then we sing, let angels' voices ring. Joy to the world, then we sing, let men their songs employ. And joy to the world, then we sing and repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove all glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. As we prepare ourselves for Christmas this year and in, in years past, it's great to look back at the memories and recall those. But I hope it doesn't stop there. I hope we're not just looking back and remembering this year, but I hope we can adopt some of that anticipation and that good news of great joy that they experienced that first Christmas morning and to have excitement about the implications for us and for the whole world of what his birth so long ago really started. Joy to the world and some chestnuts too. We can mix them all in together. If we only allow ourselves to dwell on the memories of past Christmas, then I fear when this year's Christmas comes and goes, it may just be another memory. But if we prepare our hearts as joy to the world proclaims, and we sing along with heaven and nature, how can we not enjoy the anticipation and the true joy of what this Christmas brings? Let's approach this Christmas enjoying the past, but with our eyes fixed on the future and what the future holds. And let us witness him rule the world with truth and grace, even as hard as that might be to imagine these days. He rules the world with truth and grace, and he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Enjoy the memories. Let's be excited and full with anticipation of what this Christmas brings.
Amen.
Today we gather to celebrate the Lord's Supper and of course it is a joyful feast because we celebrate the grace of God. And this is a table of grace so anyone who looks to Jesus Christ for grace and mercy in their lives are welcome to join in this supper together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. Our Lord, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said to his disciples, his friends, Take and eat. This is my body. It is broken for you. Whenever you do this, remember me. And on the same, in the same manner, after supper, our Lord Jesus Christ took the cup. 
And he turned to his disciples again and he said to them, This cup is the covenant of grace, shed for the forgiveness of all sin and sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink this, remember me. So friends, every time we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us now join together in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So today we will uh, share in communion together by coming forward down the center aisle once again, unfortunately, but we will do it. We have these little cups. If you haven't used one of these before, they're just to let you know, there are two seals, one for the bread and one for the cup that you have to pull away. So come on down the center aisle when you are ready and then return by the side aisle. This is the gifts of God for you, the people of God.
as we do each time we gather here in Piedmont Community Church to share in the meal that's been prepared, to share in the sacrament, we end this portion of worship by reciting or reading the uh, 23rd Psalm. It's actually the words are there on the back of the sanctuary in that beautiful stained glass window. If you'd like to read it, they're also written down in the bulletin. Let's say those words together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
we spend the next couple of weeks preparing for the celebration of our Savior's birth, let's enjoy those memories that stir us, give us a visual of things that have happened. And let's enjoy the moment, be in the moment as we celebrate with each other. But let's not forget the implications and the things that were accomplished for today and tomorrow and for all of eternity by the birth of that child. May you go in peace. Amen. Amen.